The following audio is from Emmanuel Baptist Church. More information about Emmanuel is available at our website, www.myemmanuel.net. Great to worship with you today. What a wonderful day it is for us. We started this morning with a couple that were baptized and uh, a great sermon by Pastor Bill. And now I've asked Pastor Ryan if he would speak to you this morning. Uh, many of you already know Pastor Ryan and his wife Kim. Kim, where are you? Wave at everybody. She's sitting right over here. They've been married for 11 years. Uh, uh, Ryan actually grew up here. And then uh, Kim moved to Montana. They met here. They were married. They have four children. And they moved away, went to Iowa, and now have come back. He serves as our young adult pastor, the director of our Overflow Ministries, and he's just been with us a little over a year now. He has a master's degree in biblical counseling from Trinity Sem- Seminary. I almost said cemetery. Cemetery, yeah. Cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I want you to welcome Pastor Ryan as he leads us this morning. Thanks, Thanks, Pastor. Appreciate it. Well, when I was thinking back to the last time I preached to you, it was last September on Labor Day weekend, and graciously, we started our comment card process the week after I preached. So um, if you happen to notice that the pencils are all busted in the seats in front of you, I had nothing to do with that sabotage, so uh, no. Um, But it's a privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, I'm going to be talking about our priorities and talking about evangelism. Before I do that, um, I want to give you just a little snippet of um, Overflow, uh, our young adult ministry, and also want to talk briefly about our mission trip to Ecuador that we just got back from, okay? Uh, Overflow is a ministry to young adults, college students, 20-somethings. We meet on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock at uh, 2910 Reimers Park Drive. We have a time of fellowship, time of teaching, time of praise and worship. It's a great time. We also meet Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock starting next week. For Overflow AM in room 218. Um, we have, uh, beyond that, we have a, a great uh, deal of service opportunities within Overflow, um, and I'm going to talk to you about the service that we went on in Ecuador. Um, so we took 10 people, including my wife and myself, to Ecuador for 10 days in the middle of August, and our goal was twofold. Number one, to spread the gospel in a little town called El Matal, And number two, to give credence to the Ecuadorian missionary that had been planted there. And let me tell you what your support of the overflow ministry did. Um, There's a couple named Guy and Linda Muse who have been missionaries in Ecuador for 30 years. And they are are, uh, uh, dedicated to planting churches, dedicated to spreading the gospel there. And he said two things to me that sort of um, bracketed our trip in terms of what God was doing. The first night we were there, he said to me, he said, Ryan, I want to tell you this. He said, 17 churches contacted us to come down here to El Matal and to do ministry in this community. You're the first ones who came. He said, you're the first ones who came. Waterworks, right? <laughs> um, immediately, I was blown away, and I was so thankful to God that we had done, in my, in my opinion, the majority of the work simply by showing up. And of course, we were privileged to spend time in the community with the kids, with the adults, with the youth. Um, We participated in the local festival. Um, Just had a wonderful time. 
uh, spending that week in that community. And at the end of the trip, he said, Ryan, a lot of groups have come here for humanitarian aid, and, and, uh, and I've, I've worked with uh, groups in other parts of the country. He said, this, these people in this community loved you. They loved you. And so let's give glory to God for that. Um, God did that. God did that through your overflow ministry and through your support. So thank you so much for that. And uh, also, they want us to come back to Ecuador. So um, we're excited to go back again and, um, uh, and visit them again and, and continue to spread the gospel there. Um, let me say a word of prayer before we dive in this morning. Father, we give all glory and honor to you. Uh, the reason that we're here is because of you. We want to hear from you. Uh, these folks, they don't want to hear what I have to say. They want to hear what you have to say. So may my words be yours, um, and uh, may, may they hear what you have for them. Speak through me as I, as I talk about evangelism. Uh, Lord, may the message be clear in Jesus' name. Amen. So <clears throat> when we think about Emmanuel's priorities, I'm reminded of being a young kid and uh, heading over to my Little League field, and noticing uh, in the middle of the field a baseball that the mower has caught, okay? You know what I'm talking about. It's got a little cut out of it. Maybe part of the, the cover is ripped off of it. And so what did I do as a 10-year-old kid when I found that baseball? Well, I took it home, and I took it apart. I wanted to see what the baseball was made of. And so if you've ever taken a baseball apart, it's got a, like a mile worth of string, you know, sticky string that comes off it. And then in the middle, in the core, it's like a little rubber ball in the baseball. And so when we think about our priorities here at Emmanuel, evangelism is that core. Evangelism is the very core of what we do here at Emmanuel. And you're probably wondering, well, okay, what is evangelism? Perfectly good question. Evangelism is literally zealously spreading the good news about any topic through preaching and personal witness. Zealously spreading the good news about any topic through preaching and personal witness. We, in this church, are called evangelicals because we spread the good news, literally the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so evangelism, why evangelism is our priority, the first thing you need to understand is the gospel matters. The reason evangelism is such a big priority here at Emmanuel is because the gospel of Jesus Christ matters. So uh, turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 10. This is where we're going to be camped out uh, today. Romans chapter 10. Um, Paul is writing to the church in Rome because he wants them to support him in his mission trip to Spain. And so he wants, he wants to tell them what gospel he's going to be preaching. So in Romans 10, um, actually throughout Romans, it speaks about the gospel. In Romans 10, it, it uh, um, uh, is part of that. And so Paul is kind of explaining uh, the gospel to them. And he says here in uh, Romans 10, verse 9, he says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Verse 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This gospel of Jesus Christ is central to Emmanuel, just like that core in that baseball. 
Last week, Barrett Duke, uh, uh, Dr. Duke mentioned that Emmanuel has been a, a church here in Billings since the 1950s. My family joined this church in 1981, and so my family has been a part of this church for half of its life. I've sat through many, many, many services, many sermons in this church, and I can tell you, I can probably count on one hand the amount of times I did not hear the gospel of Jesus Christ preached in truth and an invitation given to give your heart and your life to Jesus Christ here at this church. The gospel is central to this church and this people and should be central to you in your life if you're a part of this body. So, what, what is the gospel? This is the first step in making evangelism priority in your life. You need to know what the gospel is. So how effectively do you think you can explain the gospel to somebody? How about to an adult? How about to a child, a youth? Can you explain the gospel in two minutes or less? 30 seconds. How well can you tell somebody what the gospel of Jesus Christ is? We had a fellow uh, at my church back in Iowa who uh, wanted to be a part of leadership. And so we sat down with them, and we, we ran them through a series of questions. And, we, and uh, finally, we got to this question. We said, explain the gospel to us as if you were talking to one of our little kids. And he couldn't do it. And it was there that we realized that there was a, there was a hole in his leadership and in his witness. Because the gospel was central to what we did there. And it's central to what we do here. Um, the method that you use doesn't necessarily matter, whether it be the four spiritual laws or the ABCs uh, of the gospel or, or the Romans Road. Uh, the Romans Road is how I learned how to tell people what the gospel is. And it's very simple. Uh, Romans 3.23 says this, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means that nobody can get to God. We have all sinned. We all fall short of his glory. And Romans 6.23 says, the wages of that sin, what you earn from that sin, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then Romans 10.9 and 10, the verses we just read. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And finally, Romans ten thirteen: everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Did anybody time me? Did I get it under 30 seconds? Simple. The gospel is simple. You see, it's simple, but it's also complex. Because the gospel is how those who are dead become alive. It's how those who are lost become found. Those that are enemies become friends. Those that are orphans become adopted. Those that are evil become good. Unrighteous become righteous. Darkness to light. Ignorance to wisdom. The blind see. The imprisoned are free. And the eternal life. And those that are in eternal death get eternal life through the precious blood shed by, the, by perfect Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. And that is the only way that you can get to God is through Jesus Christ. And it's a beautiful thing. The second reason that evangelism is such a priority to us here at Emmanuel is because proper knowledge of the gospel matters. You're in Romans chapter 10. 
we've read verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then verse 14 starts this way. It says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Proper knowledge of the gospel matters. Let's break this down a little bit. How then will they call on him? To call on somebody literally means to cry out, to invoke the name of, or to take on the name of. So how can somebody cry out to God? How can somebody invoke the name of God in whom they have not believed? Believed literally means to be persuaded to the point of trusting fully. You see, they need to know, people need to know the truth of Jesus Christ. They need to know the truth of God. People got all sorts of silly ideas about God, don't they? But until they know the truth, they cannot call on him properly. So how can they cry out, invoke the name of God, if they have not been persuaded fully to the point of trusting? Hebrews eleven six: without faith, it is impossible to please God, because those that come to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Proper knowledge of God is the first step in coming to Christ. The third thing you need to understand about why the, uh, evangelism matters so much to us here at Emmanuel is because hearing the gospel matters as well. Okay? It's one thing to have the gospel solidified in your own heart. Well, then you have to explain it in such a way that uh, somebody else understands it so they can cry out to God. But those people also have to hear it, right? And it seems pretty obvious. You're like, no, duh, they have to hear it. Romans ten fourteen. That second uh, sentence says, and how are they to believe in him? How are they to be persuaded to the point of trusting fully? How do they believe in him of whom they have never heard? Somebody has to tell them. You see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is literally the good news. And we love to talk about good news, don't we? We tell people good news all the time. Somebody got engaged. Somebody's having a baby. Somebody got a promotion, okay? You're all, we're always ready to tell the latest nugget of good news, right? Discounts at your local uh, JCPenney or Kohl's. A buy one, get one free sale. I know some of you get really excited when there's dollar days at Goodwill. I know I do. Big Goodwill fan, right? And this summer, man, there was much rejoicing when we found out that Wendy's had 50-cent Frosties, right? The screen demonstrates that I consumed several of those this summer, And who can forget that wonderful, amazing news that you heard this summer about a month ago? Oh, there was much rejoicing in my house, I tell you what. You know what I'm talking about, right? When we found out that Krispy Kreme is coming back to Billings. Krispy Kreme. Oh, can you imagine it? The hot, fresh sign comes on as you're driving by. And you turn the wheel and pull a U-turn, you pull in, you take that hot, fresh donut while you're in line, and you put it in your mouth all in one bite, you know, because that's how you're supposed to eat them, right? And I just think about the wonderful rejoicing that's going to happen in the evangelical community. When the day finally comes that the announcement is made in Billings, Montana, that we're going to get a Chick-fil-A. Yes, amen, yes, yes. Can you imagine? 
dipping those crispy tenders into that golden sauce that's made of the very streets of heaven. Mm. Good news. That good news is going to spread like wildfire, isn't it? Have you heard? Chick-fil-A is coming to town. Chick-fil-A. When's Krispy Kreme opening, right? These are things that we're excited about. Good news. And I'm wondering why we're not that excited to talk about the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why does the gospel of Jesus Christ not get us excited to tell people about it? I see, my friend, that you're dead in your sins. Let me tell you how you can be alive. I see, my friend, that you're having a hard time in your relationships because you're living selfishly, because because you don't have any peace. Let me tell you how you can have peace. How can I help you? Let me pray for you. Let me tell you the good news of Jesus Christ. How did you come to know Christ? Think about your faith ancestry. Okay? Both of my parents were saved um, when they lived in California. Then they got married and moved up here to Montana. They had me in 1980. And uh, I became part of this church, and I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ preached over and over through Pastor Paul, who came to Christ as a young boy, and through his father, Pastor Don, who came to Christ as a young man in the military because he had a crush on a certain lady named Gloria, and she said, you can't date me unless you go to church. So Pastor Don said, okay, I'll go to church. He came to Christ. And the person that told him about Jesus Christ has a faith ancestry as well. You see, you didn't come to Christ on your own. Somebody told you about Christ. Your friends and family aren't going to come to Christ unless you tell them. The fourth reason that evangelism is so important to us here at Emmanuel is because speaking the gospel matters. Ephesians, or excuse me, Romans 14, uh, 10, 14. That last sentence. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Duh. This is very simple. You know, there are many messages being preached in this world. And preaching literally means to proclaim openly. You don't have to stand on a box on a street corner of 24th and Central and preach the gospel. You simply have to tell the people around you about the good news that you heard and that you've received. We are the ones. You are the ones that are supposed to preach this message. The people around you will not hear about the gospel unless you preach it. Here's the amazing thing, too. Again, I told you we just got back from Ecuador a couple of weeks ago, and um, I had the opportunity to preach the gospel uh, to many people at Ecuador. And you know what? I didn't have to think about the gospel before I preached it. I never think, okay, um, how is this going to be different in Ecuadorian culture? What am I going to have to say that's going to be, you know, that's really going to tell them the gospel? You know what? I didn't even think about that fact that I didn't have to think about it until after I preached the gospel. I just preached the gospel in truth, just like I am this morning. And you know what? They understood it. You know why? Because the gospel is the same no matter where you are, no matter who you're talking to. All I had to do was look around at their culture, notice a couple of things, and make those applications. It was easy as pie. Easy, simple, the same. Jeremiah 20 verse 9 says this. 
If I say, this is Jeremiah talking, if I say, I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 16, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. So what message are you preaching? What are you saying to your family and friends? You see, we've got two terrible problems on this earth. Number one is that people are dying every day without Jesus Christ. And number two, evangelicals aren't doing a very good job of preaching the gospel. We are not doing a very good job of obeying the Great Commission. And that brings us to the fifth point, the fifth reason that evangelism is so important to us here at Emmanuel. Is that because going matters? Romans chapter 10, verse 15 says this, And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And you might say, Aha, I'm not preaching the gospel because I haven't been sent. And yet Jesus says, to his disciples when he leaves this earth. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go. You have been sent. You've been sent by Jesus. And you know what? All authority is given to him. He's given that to you. You have everything that you need. We have everything that we need to preach the gospel. It's a great commission. It's not a great suggestion. It's intentional, and it's commanded. And so we may think, and I, and I think this too, you know, I, again, we go on this mission trip to Ecuador, and we go to this little city called El Matal, and we see all these people, and, and there's a desire in our heart, um, there should be a desire in your heart too, to, to evangelize the whole city or evangelize the world. But here's the deal. God just wants you to be faithful with what he's given you. You're a little severe of influence. The people you work with, your family, that's who you need to be telling Christ to. Because if we're all faithful to tell uh, the gospel to those around us, the world will be changed. The city will be changed. I love the second part of this verse here, verse 15. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I don't know if you're a foot person, but I think feet are disgusting. Now think about feet in the first century, okay? You're wearing sandals. You're walking where animals walk. And animals are doing what animals do. They do animal things on the road. And you're stepping in it, and it's stinky. Think about all the things that are wrong with feet. Bacteria, fungus, bunions, corns, ingrown toenails, sweat. Okay? Got a couple of you going. (laughs) But here this verse says, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Imagine for a minute that you're in a war, okay? Uh, you're, You're in your town. You hear that there's an invading army coming, okay? Now imagine there's no communication. There's no cell phones. There's nothing like that. And so your mighty men go out to battle, and you're back home yet because maybe you have to take care of the kids. Maybe you are a kid. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you're old. Uh, Maybe you, you can't participate in the fight for some reason. And so there's a battle being fought maybe a mile away from your home, and you have no idea how that battle's going. But you know 
that if you lose that battle, you're going to be torn away from your home, possibly killed, possibly forced to live in exile in somebody else's uh, city and country, forced to adopt their customs, their way of doing things, their dress, and so on and so forth. You're going to have your rights totally taken away from you. And all of a sudden you see a runner from the battle coming to your city. And this dude is just sprinting. And you have no idea what kind of news he's going to bring to you. And he gets to the gates of the city, and his feet are probably bloody from running. He's frantic. He can barely talk. And he brings the good news. And he says one word, victory. Oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of Jesus Christ, that we have victory in Jesus. You see, evangelism is a priority for us here at Emmanuel, and it should be a priority for you as a part of Emmanuel. So let's follow this progression backwards here in Romans uh, chapter 10 here. So, the feet of those who bring the good news are beautiful because they are sent. And they're sent, and when they get sent, they preach. And when they preach, you hear. And when you hear, you begin to understand, and you begin to be persuaded so that you can call in the name of the Lord. And Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. That's why evangelism is our priority. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for the simple message of the gospel. Thank you so much that you have saved us, that you have made a way for us to have peace with you. Thank you that you have given us hope, the hope of eternal life, the hope of glory with you. And Lord, we've been tasked with this great message, and Lord, forgive us, we fall so short. We fail so often. You tell us to speak, and we don't. Lord, help us to pick ourselves up, trust in you, and get back uh, on that road and, and continue to preach the gospel to those you tell us to in our, in our circle of influence and to trust the results from you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Emmanuel Baptist Church, located in Billings, Montana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Emmanuel, please visit us online at www.myemmanuel.net.